Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. Everybody has their own definition of their well-being. And it's just a matter of like, okay, I am feeling a certain way at this point and I don't want to feel a certain way at this point. And that's when they make the decision is like well-being is a personal decision. And so mm-hmm. they have to make that decision of like, this is how I feel right now. I don't want to feel this way. I'm going to make a change. But if they're like, oh, you know, I really like grinding and being available and sort of like it, other people might say it's burnout, but I don't feel that way. I don't think that that needs to change. I don't think that well-being needs to look the same for everybody. Working in-house with an ever-increasing workload and heightening pressure can be a little stressful. And yet, the more worried and rundown we become, the less productive we can be. Today, we're joined by a lawyer and life coach, Angela Han, as we explore how to prioritise wellness and thrive in a more sustainable way when working in-house. As an in-house lawyer herself, Angela is well-placed to understand the dynamics of balancing all aspects of life with a challenging legal career. Over the years, Angela has worked and spoken with hundreds of lawyers to support them achieve their goals, overcome their challenges, and prioritize their wellness. And by now, it's no secret that those who look after their well-being are better able to thrive in their careers and deliver better business outcomes as a result. So today, Angela shares her tips to prioritize wellness and thrive in a more sustainable way when working in-house. Let's dive in. Angela, hello. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while, so I've been enjoying all your your content there. So I'm delighted to have you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and, and you post a lot about being pregnant at the moment as well so congratulations thank you <laughs> so I guess to, to begin uh, to set the scene could you tell us a little bit about your your background and how you've ended up where you are now yeah so I am uh, right now I am in counsel for a healthcare company in the Baltimore area in the east coast of the U.S. <clears throat> And I'm also a life coach for lawyers, and I'm a podcast host for the Fit to Practice podcast. And so how I ended up here, I I graduated from law school. Well, actually, before I, I even went to law school, I am a transplant. I am an immigrant from Seoul, South Korea. And um, a big challenge that I had was a culture the, the culture shock and the health challenges mm-hmm. that came with it. And yeah. so when I was graduating law school, I was kind of struggling with like, okay, what do I, what do I really want to do? Like, there's so many areas that I can get into. There are so many things that I can still do, even though I went to law school, I don't have to necessarily just be a lawyer. And mm-hmm. so I stumbled upon advice that um, said that you can find your interest and your passion and your pain 
And so I, I kind of looked to the pain that I had, which was my, my mental health and my physical health suffering from that culture shock mm -hmm. and overcoming that through exercise and other ways to overcome, you know, health challenges. And so I decided to become a personal trainer and a health coach right after I passed the bar in the US. And then that just kind of grew into just a side to side thing. Like, I, I don't like to call it a side hustle. I want to call it a side to side hustle, both of them because they nice. work in conjunction. So yeah, I'm a full time attorney. And I'm also a full time coach. And that's yeah. kind of how I am, how where I am oh, today. Amazing. It sounds busy. <laughs> well, it is busy, but it's not as busy as people think I am. I actually, you know, get very good sleep and I have a team helping me. And so mm -hmm. I, 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 I kind of really do whatever I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's brilliant. And I imagine because you've kind of been through it yourself and that's how you've ended up as a bit of a life coach, it's, you know, it's, it sounds more like a passion and something that you're really motivated to do. Yeah, I started off as a personal trainer and people wanted to have a more holistic approach to, the, to their health. And mm -hmm. so then I became a health coach. And then after I became a health coach, people wanted to get more advice for, for all kinds of other things, not just with health, but also with jobs and uh, relationships and family and parenthood, all of those, all of those things that just come with life. And I did the training myself. I hired a bunch of coaches. I had, I was enrolled in a lot of programs to train myself as well. And so then that allowed me to see that everything is connected. And so I thrive the most uh, being a life coach right now. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I can see how that journey would happen because everything's so intertwined, it feels, especially with the last few years and, and the pandemic and things, the, the lines have been blurred between work and life and things like that. Yes, very true. Yeah. And so I suppose it's, it seems from, from your content and things that you focus quite a lot on wellness and well-being and things like that. Could you walk us through what exactly is well-being and wellness? Yeah, I think well-being and wellness is just a fancy word for wanting to feel better. And mm -hmm. so feeling better can be emotional, emotionally feeling better, physically feeling better, uh, professionally feeling better. And so it's about not feeling like you're stuck in uh, an, an undesirable feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And I imagine seeing as you're, you are um, a coach yourself, and I, I've heard this on other interviews, not, not in the space, just in, in anything, people probably expect you to have it all figured out, but I know it's a bit of a journey. Is, is that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, I think that we all teach the things that we need to learn the most ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so like, even as lawyers, like you, the more you get into the practice, the more you realize that you have to learn. And so, I mean, there's that thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? The people who feel like they know the most are the people that don't don't actually know that much and people who feel like they know so little are actually ones that know a lot and this is very true especially for me because i thought i knew all about the law my first year of law school <laughs> after i took all the classes i was like oh my gosh it's a totally new world and so i thought that i had it all figured out and then the more of course like w through law school and with experience i know that i know like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what it means to uh, be an attorney. And so I think the more you learn, the more you realize that actually there's there's such a long way to go, but also it's about like what my work is about. Even when you realize that it's about still having fun and accepting the fact that like there's no 
like even if there is a long way to go even if it feels like there's a long way to go we're exactly in the right place yeah totally and it's just getting comfortable with that fact and, and not letting it burden you I suppose right I think that's exactly. a great attitude to have and why is wellness important for in-house lawyers as well I think wellness is important for everybody. I mean, in-house lawyers, government lawyers, big law attorneys, and like even non-lawyers. Uh, I, it's just that I focus on serving lawyers because I am a lawyer myself. But then I think well-being is important for anybody because we all want to feel better and we all want to feel unstuck. We all want to do, we all want to like move in some direction or the other. Tony Robbins is someone that I follow from time to time. And one of the things that he said is that people mistakenly believe that they want happiness, but actually what they truly desire in the soul is progress. And so we all want to have see some sort of progress in our minds and our bodies and our feelings. And that is the thing that nourishes us because that's the thing that makes us feel alive. Because when we're not making that progress, it's like we're living, but we feel that inside. Mm -hmm, totally I, I can't recall who said it but I love the phrase if you're not growing you're decaying yeah and I just yeah I, I really yeah I feel that I can relate <laughs> yeah. and for lawyers um and I guess in-house in particular um because lots of our audience are, are in-house what are there any kind of common challenges in, in terms of well-being that they might experience um or perhaps if they're just moving in in the into in-house yeah I think that like we all sort of have very different it's like the day-to-day -day experiences the types of people that we interact with like the details of our experiences are so unique to each of us but the one thing that is common to all of us is this fear of being not perfect this fear of not being good enough and so that applies to not just in-house attorneys but also any other attorney or, or any other professional and so that's that's what I coach on. And I mean, I think the the first step is awareness and awareness of the fact that like, oh, this is something that I'm going through. And not only that, awareness that you're not the only one that's going through something like that. And I think that a lot of the times that imposter syndrome perpetuates itself because we feel like we're the only ones who know so little. We're the only ones who need to ask for advice from outside counsel or we we're the only ones who need to ask for advice from other experienced attorneys or that oh gosh like it took me way too long to find the answer or research answer for that question and so i think there hasn't been enough dialogue on how like we're always trying to like doing our best and sometimes we take longer than we need sometimes we need to ask other people for help and we have been conditioned to believe that those things are indicators of our lack of competence. And that is the, one of the ideas that I'm trying to dispel, where whether you're in-house, whether you're big law, whether you're government, whether you're administrative, whatever other professional or uh, attorney that you are, you're not alone. And that is something that I feel and believe from the bottom of my soul because that is exactly how I felt when I first came to the US because I felt like I was the only soul who felt the way I did when I came here. And that is the thing that I am always, the one thing I'm always trying to help other people not feel, that they are not alone. There's no denying that lawyers are smart people, but an environment of smart people and the perceived expectations around this 
can often lead to us feeling pressure to always be right. As we know, no one can be perfect all of the time. So as a result, this leads to a sense of imposter syndrome among in-house legal professionals. Whenever you start to feel as though you're not good enough or that you're the only person going through this, think about these tips to combat the feeling. Separate feelings from facts. You're human, of course you're going to feel a little inadequate from time to time. But this doesn't mean that you're actually inadequate. Realise that just because you feel this way, it doesn't make it true. Redefine self-doubt. Instead of taking self-doubt as a sign of weakness or inability, recognise that it's a normal response to more challenging situations. And challenging situations often lead to growth. Therefore, self-doubt equals growth, a blessing in disguise. Get comfortable with failure. If you find yourself worrying about the quality of your work, the good news is it means that you care. But no matter who you are, you will make mistakes. Acknowledge this, accept this, and get comfortable with viewing every failure as a learning opportunity. Lastly, rewire your brain. When you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, instead of telling yourself, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing, take a breath and reframe your view to think to yourself, hmm, I might not have all the answers, but I can certainly find out. Um, it does the kind of the the typical life of a lawyer kind of foster a culture that makes it quite difficult <laughs> to to look after your well being? Yeah, and I think you know I think there is a bit of a kind of assumption that like all lawyers are under stressful environments. But I think the stressful environment, like statistically speaking, that may be true. And it may come from the nature of the industry that being a lawyer means that you do have to have the perfect answers and you have to have those answers yesterday. And so because of that stress, leaders and uh, subordinates or team members alike, they all are under that stress. And so they kind of tend to permeate that stress tends to permeate the entire team, the entire company, the entire firm, whatever it is. But when we have leaders and team members who understand that that's not the be all end all, that's not all of life. And that us feeling better, us feeling at peace with ourselves and who we are is the thing that allows us to sustain our professionalism, our work ethic, our work product, our work quality, like when people understand that, then we're able to promote that well-being across all kinds of careers, all kinds of jobs. Um, but then but then there is this assumption that, oh, lawyers are all assholes. Oh, can I say can I say that word? Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> because, because like they're always on a deadline, they're always trying to be perfect, and so they they just lash out on other people. But that that is an individual choice, and it doesn't have to be the choice of all lawyers. And certainly, not all lawyers make that choice to be assholes to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. I, I was going to follow up with that question actually, in terms of if if you do or don't give attention to looking after your well-being what sort of impact can that have either positively or negatively um in terms of how, how you work in the business or anything like that 
And I think the people who have experienced that, who have experienced ignoring their well-being, have like they already know the answer to this question. They realize that like they they do crash and burn at some point. And for people who are like, oh well, I thrive in pres- under pressure. I thrive under like working twenty four seven. Like all the more power to them. Like I'm not trying to convince everybody to do the same thing and take care of their well being. Like everybody has their own definition of their well being. And it's just a matter of like, okay, I am feeling a certain way at this point, and I don't want to feel a certain way at this point. And that's when they make the decision. Is like well being is a personal decision, also. And so mm-hmm. they have to make that decision of like, this is how I feel right now. I don't want to feel this way. I'm going to make a change. But if they're like, oh, you know, I really like kind of grinding and being available and sort of like it, other people might say it's burnout, but I don't feel that way. I don't think that that needs to change. I don't think that well-being needs to look the same for everybody. Yeah, totally. And I suppose the people, for instance, your clients that you work with in your coaching um, capacity, they've they've likely actively come to you or recognised that they'd like to work on this. But I suppose I bet there's a large proportion of of the network and the community that aren't it hasn't quite clicked yet that that's maybe something they'd like to focus on or they haven't acknowledged that it would be beneficial to them. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And I suppose it's. I think that's so important in terms of your content on LinkedIn and stuff, raising awareness, for instance. Yeah. And again, like I like what I try to do is I try to like I believe in I leave I believe in energy and vibration and I and frequency. And yes. so I think that the truth has the highest one of my coaches uh coached me on this. And what he said was that truth carries the highest frequency. And so when I show up online, when I share my stories, when I talk about what I, whatever I want to talk about, like that's what I want to focus on. I don't, I'm not going to focus on people that I have to persuade or convince because that is extra energy. That is not me that I have to spend. And so my job as a coach is to help people see Like if there are people who are looking for that kind of support, whether it's just free support, like through my podcast or just through my content or whether it's support through actual coaching with me, like I want those people to pick up on that frequency because it is a truth that aligns with who they are. And so those are the people that I'm focused on, not people who are not, (laughs) not looking for that because that was just a waste of my energy. Yeah, totally. I'm completely with you there. I must admit, I've read the Good Vibes, Good Life book. I don't know if you've read that. Um, I have not. It's very good, isn't it? There's a whole chapter on like uh, frequency and vibrations and stuff. So yeah, Yeah. I completely, completely agree. And it's quite impactful way to view life, actually, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And for those people who don't know, could you tell us a little bit about that concept, please? About the frequency and the vibration? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it sounds kind of like, like out of this world or like kind of unfamiliar and unscientific, but it is very scientific <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like everyone has experienced something like this before and it's, it comes from the idea of like, even something as, as common as like honesty is the best policy, right? Like if you're trying to, like, if you feel 
let's say, for example, trapped in your job, or like if you're feeling nervous about asking for a raise, and you feel you're you feel like you're continuing to live a story that's not yours, you're not living in honesty, you're not living in your truth. And so then that perpetuates this, that negative, quote unquote, negative energy that is perfect, like that is like repeating the cycle, this toxic cycle of like, oh, I don't deserve it, or I should just stick with it. If I don't stick with it, I'm not grateful. And just all of these negative self-talk about who you are and all these made up stories that are not true about who you are. And so when you continue to make decisions that are not true to who, who you are, then that story just expands. Whereas, okay, the, my truth is that I'm not going to be uh, stuck in a, in a job or with a manager that, that, I, that makes me feel bad. I'm not going to be stuck in a salary that makes me feel bad. So I'm going to do something about it, whether it's asking for a raise or whether it's uh, supplementing your income or whether it's having that conversation with your manager or your company or whoever. Like when you take that action, based on your truth, then you, you're either going to be accepted or rejected. Right. But then what, whatever happens is going to be in alignment with who you are, because mm -hmm. like if, if you do get rejected, like if you're like, no, you don't get a salary increase or whatever, then, okay, that's a, that's a good, that's good information for you to decide. Okay. I can tell that I'm not valued where I am right now. And so I'm going to look for other opportunities and that's more aligned with your truth. Where, and then if you get if you do get accepted where you do get the salary increase then yes you acted according to your truth and then you got the truth that you needed and you were able to expand on the story that was according to your truth and so vibration and frequency is all about like okay what exactly is my truth what is what am i acting out of fear or out of intuition and so when you're acting out of intuition instead of fear out of love instead of fear then you tend to see results in your life that you haven't seen before because you're then stepping out of your comfort zone to actually find your truth. When you have a busy schedule and hefty workload as an in-house legal professional, the pace of work often results in unintentional execution. But intentional execution is a key aspect to managing your well-being. So be sure to prioritize brief moments before taking action to allow yourself time to think and respond accordingly. For example, ask yourself, is this really the right approach to achieve my desired outcome? Am I responding this way out of habit or is it a well thought out response? What tasks bring me energy? You should be focusing on these whenever possible. And have I found the right balance between challenge and capability? If not, do I need more challenge in my role or do I need to improve my skills in a certain area? When you become more intentional about your thoughts and actions, you'll be prioritizing the right activity at work, finding more fulfillment in your day-to-day -day, and also better managing your work-life balance. And I guess, so obviously, I'm completely on board. Wellness is a very important topic. Mm -hmm. Are there any kind of trigger signals that can suggest that you should maybe be paying more attention to your well-being? So I think that when you see yourself having forgotten how to love, so like, especially like the people who are around you, like your family, for example, you feel like your relationship with that, with them, that once used to be ideal is now deteriorating. 
like you find yourself lashing out for things that you didn't use to lash out on. Like you feel like you're almost like ripping apart at the seams or you feel like you're making mistakes at work in ways that you don't want to be making mistakes uh, in ways that you haven't before. Or you, or it could be just something as simple as there's just something, there's this very, very deep feeling of stuckness, the very, very deep feeling of loneliness, very, very deep feeling of anger that doesn't appear to resolve itself. It's about like following that body compass, like looking at your body, listening to your body and listening to what it has to say. And then once you feel like, okay, I don't really like what my body has to say, then that's a good indicator of wanting that change. But then again, everybody has a different pain tolerance. And so I don't think there's really like right or wrong kind of threshold. I do, I I have full trust in the individual's ability to ask for help. But if there is someone who is looking for that signal to ask for help and have been conditioned so hard to never ask for help, I think that's where it gets dangerous. And mm-hmm. so I, I would encourage like people in those situations where they feel like they really want to ask for help, but they feel like they shouldn't. Um, I would encourage them to like this, this is your sign, like you should ask for help. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And I, I imagine especially um, in the legal field, there's, there's perhaps a bit of stigma around that. And it's kind of, I mean, statistically, the number of people that go and study law, they can't all want to either stay in law or work for a big firm or or things like that so it's kind of breaking down those barriers and being able to ask for help or make a change I suppose yeah exactly yeah and and then practically how can lawyers prioritize their wellness are there any best practices that will help them feel better if they're looking to either just make an improvement just to improve their lives or if they're feeling that they do need to to make a change yeah so i always kind of like like um i don't know uh don't like this question (laughs) because because change it you you tell me (laughs) yeah like a lot of people ask me for best practices and the thing is we have been again conditioned and Mm -hmm. almost traumatized to always be doing best practices, mm-hmm. always be doing, doing, doing things. But the reality is most of us, a lot of us for the most part, we already are doing all the right things. It's the question of who are we being? And that question is the tougher question because we have to sit with the feelings that we have, whether it's anger or resentment or sadness or anxiety or whatever it is. And we have to sit with those feelings and allow those feelings to happen. And what I mean by allowing those feelings is to not judge them when they come up. The biggest mistake that a lot of attorneys make is that whenever they do feel sad or whenever they do feel anger, they're like, oh, like, why am I like this? Like, I need to stop feeling this way. I'm so tired of feeling this way. And so then they try to shove away those feelings and then those feelings come back louder and they persist for years and on. And so the question to ask is, what kind of person am I being? Am I being the person that is loving towards myself, including all of the nasty, uncomfortable feelings? Because if I am being that person who 
accepts and allows those uncomfortable feelings to happen, then we start getting in touch with our own humanity. We start understanding that not everything has to be perfect. And we start understanding that we have so much to offer when we know how to feel those feelings. Because when that happens, we have more empathy. We have more acceptance, not just for ourselves, but for other people as well. And when that happens, we show up differently in a professional setting as, as lawyers, as, as professionals. And so I think that when it comes to best practices, the question to ask is not like, okay, what are the exact steps do I need to take? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to exercise? Do I need to like wake up at whatever time in the morning? And the answer is no one can tell you that until and unless you are able to sit with yourself and ask yourself who you are being and who you want to be. And how are you showing love for yourself? And how are you showing compassion for yourself? And that is more difficult than having habits of like waking up at a certain time or, or going to the gym every day or whatever. It's much harder than that. And that's why people are asking for best practice because that's an easy way out. They think that, oh, okay, yeah. if I just check it off the calendar, then, then I'm done. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self-care expert, but that self-care is an ongoing practice. Yeah, that makes sense. Life as an in-house legal professional becomes a lot easier and more enjoyable when you can be more aligned to who you genuinely are. Instead of dismissing your feelings or emotions, take some time to sit with no distractions and truly think about who you are and who you want to be. Are you being this person when at work? If no, what can you change to allow yourself to be more you? Perhaps you can spend more time on the tasks that bring you energy. Perhaps you can work towards a leadership role that allows you to help others. Or perhaps your passions lie elsewhere, but you can tap into them by working on projects with other teams. Whatever it is, you won't be able to identify these opportunities or the other self-care techniques that you should be doing without giving it some well-considered thought. So, take the time, identify what gives you energy and be more you, in and out of work. It feels very much tapping into your intuition, which I imagine, I mean, society's almost molded us out of tapping into our intuition with things we've learned or the way we study or following procedures and processes at work. So I imagine it's it's quite tricky to for lots of people, especially lawyers, to kind of tap into their intuition. Yeah. Here's the difference yeah. between fear and intuition. Fear is when you act, uh, when you feel like your actions feel expensive, like you're expending your energy. And intuition is when it feels like you're, it feels expansive, like you're expanding your energy. And yeah. so um, we have been also trained to be constantly expending energy. And so then we're always like looking for more energy. But the thing is, when you are acting out of intuition, you're expanding your energy constantly that you never really need more energy. I love the saying as well. It's all you need to do is the next right thing. 
the next thing that gives you energy and it's i just love the simplicity of that statement really yeah. brings it home oh yeah yeah and then i suppose just to find it finish up you mm -hmm. obviously are give a lot of advice what is the piece of advice mm -hmm. that you give where you tend to see have a light bulb moment uh, with your clients yeah it's what i said earlier about asking that question like who, who do you want to be and this is a question that a lot of my clients get very uncomfortable with because they're like, like, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is the, is the first answer. We are so used to structure systems and all of that, but it's always a balance between the inner work and the outer work because yes, you can be doing the outer work all the time, but if you're, if you're not doing any sort of inner work, there is no value that supports the outer work. And vice versa, like if you're only doing the inner work and trying to believe in yourself and you're not doing any outer work, that inner work is not creating any results in your life. And so it's about asking the question, what kind of person do I want to be? And what does that person do as a result of being who they are? And so I think that like, of course, like that process can be facilitated by a coach, but at the same time, those answers are already within you. And so you can make the choice to do that for yourself anytime that's available to you. Any thought is available to you. Any results are available to you. And once we realize that, I think that we'll feel more comfortable going through the very un uncomfortable process of sitting with ourselves and our humanity. Completely. I love that. Um, and just one very last question, because I'm just interested because you have such amazing advice. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Um, ever, oh man, just too many. It's too many. The, the, I imagine there's a lot feeding in so that <laughs> to, to, for you to give all this amazing advice. Yeah, because I have, I have so many coaches and mentors and, you know, books and like so many sources of inspiration. Mm -hmm. But right now, like the thing that just pops up in my mind right now is what I wrote about today, which is that you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And I don't think we are really, truly embracing that as human beings mm -hmm. and as lawyers. We try to put uh, being a lawyer in front of being a human being. And that's what creates a lot of conflict in our brains and in our bodies. And so I think it's about accepting that part. Like when I saw that quote, that really helped me understand and realize that the sooner we accept the fact that we are walking paradox, the sooner it's going to be easier to see the possibilities that we can be so many different things at the same time. We can use our voices. We can use our creativity in so many different ways that serve us and serve other people. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like that's been so rich, even for myself, never mind the audience. Um, I feel of inspiration and, and insights there. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much.